We have the first of three special How To Be 60 live podcasts for you this week, recorded at the Edinburgh Fringe. As you might be able to tell from our little chat backstage beforehand, we were more than a bit nervous. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. So it is 14 minutes past three on Wednesday the 9th of August, so just over two hours until we do our first <laughs> show at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh-huh. How are you feeling? Fair to say, cracking myself. What? <laughs> the you heard. Yeah, I'm slightly, my stomach's beginning to feel slightly sick. I came through a couple of hours ago. And I went straight to my friends, straight into the toilet. You I had to, to leave. Like I that. had to leave the fan and the toilet on. What? Straight to the toilet. Oh, for God's sake! Nobody wants to hear okay, that. Well, Thank you God, then. I can edit That's these nerves. things. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, but let's talk about what you are wearing. I mean, it's like five goal yomping or something. <laughs> but that would be fine if you were sixteen. I mean, I'm wearing a pair of denim shorts, my sandals that I wear every day. My oh, they're, they're getting the worst for wear now. God. And um, a nice top I got from the charity a few years back. Do you think horizontal stripes are wise? With a chest like mine, they're absolutely <laughs> fine. Oh, you're so jealous all the time, all the time. May I just turn that question on you? My suitcase that I had to bring today to carry so like many a, props. I you downstairs, you're looking at a dead body Oh in there. my God, and it's lurid pink. Now, can I just turn and look to see what you're wearing? What? I, well, exactly what? This, stop it. This is a very trendy suit. This is from a very trendy designer called Me and M. And I tell you. It's supposed to H&M. This costs more than everything in your suitcase <laughs> and it, your wardrobe. Is it crimpling? Do you know what? Is it? Fuck. <laughs> I remember having a skating dress made for me and it looks very <laughs> like that colour and that material. Who's got that? Jesus, don't put a light near it. <laughs> Your lipstick goes with it very well. Thank you. So you're you're a bit nervous. I mean, I have to say I have also... Uh, God, I've been so nervous about this. So it's okay, let's just get your anxieties out. Go on, I think this is good. Get them out now. Go on, go on. Quick, quick, quick. I know, how do you do that? I do. I have no say idea. Them. Say them. You what, my anxieties? Yeah, go on. What's your biggest fear? What's your biggest fear? Oh, forgetting what I'm going to say. I know, me too. Christ me almighty. Too. What do you do? I know. I've just I got just... a text from my sister there saying, good luck tonight, I am, car." Think, oh, please God, don't remind me. I'm sweating now, and it's <laughs> God. But I mean, like two or three days ago, you were happy as Larry. I was sweating over the weekend, and you were. Where were you? It's a front. What do you mean? Where was I? Where were you? It's in my holidays. It's called retirement. But, but, but where? Up north on the A9, <laughs> which I heard you discuss earlier. Uh, I was up north. I was uh, in the mountains, Cairn Gorms. Bagged a couple of Monroes, if you don't mind, on one day inadvertently. Right, okay. Uh, Is it, are we impressed by that? Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even pronounce it. Skagurath or something like that. Oh, I love yeah, Skagurath. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. <laughs> it was fantastic. Did you manage to do any research, any preparation for the Actually, show? Actually, no. But what I've done is I made some tablet yesterday. And <laughs> that's uh, really I finished get off the rub of gin. Well, it gave me through. <laughs> I'll have a couple of bits of uh, 
tablet and some gin before I go on stage and I'll be hunky-dory. Yeah. I don't, you know what? As I came in and I was looking around the room, I've just done a sound check. I thought, why the fuck did we book such a big room? I mean, I've well, been... Well, who's responsible for that, Key Adams? <laughs> I'm responsible for everything. But I, I've been that. to a couple of shows of other people and they've got sold out, sold out. I thought, Aye. oh, God, they're sold out, they're yeah, sold out. Yeah. And then you go and it's like... 80-seater exactly. or 60-seater. Exactly, a 40-seater. Oh, we've got the Edinburgh's seats. equivalent of the O2 out there. Yeah, and, 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 and I know it's great. Oh. It is good. The good thing is we've just been out to the stage to see how it was and you can't see a damn thing. Once the lights are on you, you can't see a thing. So do you know what if it's empty? I know, and if we, if we really panic, just pretend you've had a TIA. What's that, that? That's what I'm going to do. You know, one of those mini strokes. You, you oh, just right. go. I thought it was some sort of drug. You know that guy in the in the American Senate had one, Mitch McConnell. He just oh, sort of stood at his lectern oh, and gripped right. it and looked into the. Jesus. I think we could just do that. That might be us when we forget our words. Yeah, and then Stare. people will feel sorry for will us. You lead me off, or do I lead you off? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll lead you off. I, I, I do feel responsible for you, so um, mm. I, I, I will lead you off. More embarrassing it's you that does it, because I would lead you off because you're younger. Marginally. <laughs> yes, yes, that is that is true. And I just, well, I mean, date of birth, I just look so much younger. I think that's the thing. When people come in, they won't be able to believe, you know, that there's so only... So you've got your slack one today. <laughs> if you think that's all it is, then that's okay. Anyway, we've got great guests. I'm delighted with the guests. We've got Sally Phillips and Fiona Allen, of course, both two of the original cast mm-hmm. of Smack the Pony, which I've been looking at reruns of it. It was it really stands the test of time. It, really, really funny. Yeah. Um, My daughters were raging, actually, because they're coming through tomorrow. I didn't tell them the guests are on tomorrow, but they love Smack the Pony and they've just both been watching them all as well. Yeah, there's not that many series, actually, that do comedy series that stand the that test stand of time. stand the test of time, no. Um, but it absolutely does, and of course they've done so much since. And Miranda, Sally Phillips had been Miranda. She was in Bridget Jones, she was in Pride and Prejudice. She's very successful. She's very successful. She is. Quite lucky getting her on, aren't we? I know, we were. And Fiona Allen has done lots of stuff as well. She's done lots of uh, acting. She's been in Waterloo. You'll know all this, of course, because you've done your research, haven't you? Yes. As I was Um, making my tablet, making sure it didn't boil over the pan. And she is actually... Oh, well, she was in she was in Coronation Street. She's Mike Baldwin's thread. <laughs> the only thing that you know. <laughs> the only thing that you know. And she has decided um, to to do stand up to I try stand up. So she got a stand up show um, here, which is yeah. really. I mean, that's great. one person going on stage for the well, on your own. Quite a, for, for a big an hour. Oh, God. All these eyes looking oh, at you. Oh my God! I oh, know. There's something I was going to say to you, but I've forgotten what it is completely. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, have you got the Big Six O Bingo questions? Fuck. Are you serious? They'll be on my iPad. Have you got your iPad? Yeah. And luckily I managed to get a Wi-Fi code. Notice you didn't get one. Right, okay, I'm so you've got that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that very well recovered. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out. Remember the email we got from Leslie about her erotic rocket? How could I not forget Leslie? Yes. <laughs> yes. How could you not remember Leslie? No, how could I not forget the email? How could you not forget? It's, how could you not remember? How could I not? Oh, it's, it's, this bodes well. Can you give a very, very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Sally Phillips and Fiona Allen. 
Now you are going to be served gifts. This is a very little comfy set, so it would be like gin or cordial, and would we like tablet? I've already established. Gin all round. Yeah. Yeah, we were backstage, and Fiona was looking at your courgette. She went, that'll be bitter, that will. (laughs) She said, I'm not going to tell her, though, because people are proud of what they grow. Because you know what? I've had a good You can hold it if you like. And one of us has done my show. So take it out of your hands now. I've done my show today, so I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can get tanked into the show. Well, as you say, you have done your show today. It's called On the Run, and you have just run over here. So thank you very much, because you're on at the Pleasance, and you finished at... Thank you. ...just 5.15. So, big leap into the stand-up world. How's it going? Mm, Well, uh, it's going very well. um, I'm so, so happy, because I am... started to do it and of course I started to do the open mic circuit before lockdown I'd only done a few open spots years and years ago when I was a kid and people know me probably as an actress not as a stand-up and when I came here I genuinely I, I wasn't sure who'd buy a ticket because I'm not known as a stand-up I think most people know you as that mad woman shouting in waitress <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true and actually it, it's great I'm selling out and I'm having an absolute blast. I'm so enjoying it. I absolutely love Edinburgh anyway. And I've ditched my family. Um, Always good. Uh, yeah. And, and I say, I just say to people, you know, I, I, I'm married. I've, I've got three kids and a mad dog. And this is how much I want to be at my own house doing stand-up. <laughs> really happy. I've not picked up anybody else's socks. And first thing I do when I wake up, shut the doors, you know, shut cupboard doors, slide, you know, drawers shut because my husband doesn't do anything. And, and one of my kids actually said to me, are you really doing this, mom? I said, yeah, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done it. And, I, and, I, and actually, I, I'm, I'm really pleased. I think, you know, it's a great, it's so much fun. I'm so enjoying it, meeting loads of lovely people, doing a show every single day. And they're not with me for a bit. And the thing is, and, and I've never been apart from them for three weeks, ever. What, what age are your kids? Well, the youngest has just done her A-levels. Right, okay. And then they go two years, two years. Yeah. And my husband's, you know, ten. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Did you think of inviting them up here? No, I said I'd got a really small apartment. <laughs> and there's a couple of my kids who said, oh, we, we think, you know, we should all keep you company and we should all come up and we should all help out, you know, and, you know, support you. I said, oh, it's all right. I'm so busy. I'm really struggling to learn my lines. And uh, I made it all up. I, I just, it, because I thought if you're going to do it, do it. Because I think sometimes as a parent, you know, you do work, kids, work, kids. And then you, and then you go, well, when, where do you ever have time for yourself? Even if you take them on holiday, the first thing you do when you come back is a pile of washing, isn't it? They're washing. Well, I think you think I'm really mean. I think that the no, thing no, is, no, I'm no, thoroughly I enjoying this. I a freedom. It's a freedom. You know, what, what they don't know about you is that you're a Spanish mum, basically. Fiona Allen doesn't give the clue that she is half Spanish. And That's you've been true. an amazing, amazing, amazing mum. Like, nothing has been too much work. So you deserve this holiday. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's decent. Thank you very much. But, but it's an interesting stage of life that I think a lot of people in the audience will probably relate to, if, if you have children, of course. Um, you know, that they're all consuming for a large part of their lives, and then you get to that point that they are growing away. Cheers. Uh, we'll see how the gin goes down. Um, that they're growing away from you, which can be a difficult time and a liberating time. And it sounds as if, Fiona, you're just enjoying the gin, aren't you, the... That's so in. nice. I've left it. Thank you. I've yeah. left yours neat. Oh, have you? I, I need it. I need That's it. really I'll beautiful it. taste. Um, Gorgeous. Is it, is it a mixture of liberating and scary? Um, I think the scary bit for me was not being with them. 
Because I think we all feel like that because there's a bit of guilt that you feel like, oh, I can't leave, I shouldn't leave them. What about them? And then I made myself. And then it became liberating really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's liberating. It's fantastic. And and it's not not easy to do as a mum. I think it's easier to do as a man than a woman. Well, I mean, we assume that as, as women. I mean, I'm not entirely sure if all men would, would agree. Yes, I've got that a saucy look from that gentleman here. I think we bonded, haven't we? We, we, really, we really have. Sally, what age are you, kid? Sorry, what age? Um, 18, 16 and 11. Right, OK. So a bit yeah. younger. Yeah. Um, so you're... Well, and, and actually, I'm contractually obliged to say that you're nowhere near 60, Sally. I didn't say that you had to say that. I was, <laughs> I was really happy to sit here and have them all think, gosh, she looks great. <laughs> You're just 53. I'm You're just 53. a, a, a baby. <laughs> 60 is far, far away for you. And so your kids are a bit younger, so you're still very much in the grips of that. What do you think? Do you ever think about the time that you're not going to have to be running around after them the whole time? Well, I've got three boys, so I. Don't, I can't see a time when that will happen. Oh, it, yeah, it, won't. it won't. It won't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, boys. I, and, and you know what? I, I, I am the person who in the pandemic went, oh, I love this. They can't leave home. <laughs> so I, I quite like them. I quite like them being around. Um, for I, now. I'm not de- for now. Yeah. I mean, no. I can't imagine. I'm quite codependent. I'm quite dependent on my children, to be honest. So will you have their partners move in with you? Fine. Well, I, well, you know what? I think it's a bit different because my eldest has got Down syndrome. So he's got Down syndrome and autism. So I know the right thing to do is for him to, have, to live semi-independently. And so you start working quite early on um, for that to happen. But um, the closer it gets, the more I think, no, I'd just like to keep him safe and keep him... Because, mm. you know, especially with all these documentaries about um, care home scandals and you just yeah. feel so nervous handing your beloved child over into anyone else's care that... You know, the idea of him staying at home with however many girlfriends he wants. I'm with you. <laughs> and his love life, it is like Love Island, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> so has it been a more conscious kind of thought process for you then in terms of particularly your eldest getting older about, you know, what the future holds and how you arrange things? Whereas I suppose if you, if you don't have that consideration, you just kind of know they're going to ship out at some stage. It's a bit presume- unknown, I think, with this generation of people with Down syndrome, because this is the first generation where people have had early interventions as, as kids. And so they are way outperforming. So our next door neighbor had a sister who had Down syndrome was put, was taken away in the hospital. And you've only been allowed to have mainstream education since the 80s, uh, or any education since the 70s. Mm. So um, they're really uh, busting all... Um, uh, busting all preconceptions about what what they can do but some aren't <laughs> and I, I just don't know where Ollie's going to land I just have no no idea whatsoever mm. whether he's going to be able to sometimes I think yes and sometimes I think oh, this is never gonna never gonna happen but I'm, I'm I'm at the point where I'm fine either way you know if he stays with me forever <laughs> poor Ollie but I, I'm fine with that yeah. and if he if he manages great how much of your kind of thoughts or, um, yeah, yeah, your sort of mind has that taken up over years? I mean, it's always the same when you see famous people and you're, you're in the Bridget Jones movies and you're with Hugh Grant and you're doing Miranda and you're doing all these marvellous things. We just see you as famous person. We don't often see domestic person. Um, 
Are you, do you go on two different tracks? This is my career, my ambitions, and, and this is my home life, or do they inevitably cross? Well, I think Fiona and I are the same in that we um, couldn't leave our kids once we had them. That was definitely my plan, to pretty much immediately abandon them <laughs> and carry on, carry on working. But then just the, the things that you needed to do to really progress fast in your career, like... For example, do you know you had to impress people with doing theatre, like doing an eighteen-month theatre tour? That just just was not something that we could either of us felt we could do. And um, so you end up having we both had these completely mad careers because your 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 job choices have all been dictated by the kids. So um, what the kids needed at any one time. And it's been, you know, I'm not complaining about it. It's been great. Mm. Loads of different variety, loads of surprising things, loads, loads more panel. I would never have done panel shows, for example, but loads of panel shows, podcasts, yeah. lots of, yeah, you know, yeah. lots yeah. of things that I wouldn't, wouldn't have done. But that meant that I could get home at night or, you know, film parts where it was only going to be, a, you know, maximum a week away from home or where I could take the family. So in lockdown, we went to Australia and did a film in Australia with the whole family. Took them all because it's so uh, went to Perth, which is the most isolated city on earth, and they did not have COVID. Yeah. So just took took everyone out there, which yeah. is great. The thing I I end up with is like, yes, of course my kids come first, but do they come first every second, every minute, every mm -hmm. half hour, every hour, every day, every week? So do you see what I mean? So if you put them first every second, then you would die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, my thing is, you have to go to work. I've got bills to pay. Yeah. End of. Mm. For me, had to go to work. Yeah. I mean, I certainly wasn't every sports day, you know. Um, They're terrible, yeah. those sports days. Is it? Is it? I've never no, been. mine never won. I've never been. <laughs> A little shit. And it's all having to stand there shouting with that fake enthusiasm. It hurts your voice. <laughs> well, there was one mum I, I fell in love with early on. Um, and she sat down, she brought out this amazing food. I went, did you make that? She went, no, of course not. It's from Marks and Spencer's. Much nicer. I was like, oh, good. We don't have to do that. At least you don't have to make scones and things like that. Oh, I never, ever went down that road. I didn't even try. So, Fiona, is this perhaps why you're really embracing this time then, that your kids are a little bit more independent and you can... It's not terribly put yourself first, but you can do kind your of, own thing. It kind of is that... And yes, because I don't have that worry because they're quite capable of cooking stuff themselves. They're quite capable of doing things. You know, one of them's having driving lessons, you know. They've gone on holiday with their friends. They're all quite capable. The point is when I'm there, they do nothing. Yeah. So I don't have that stress and worry about them in that way. And that is only happening now because they're getting bigger. And so therefore, I can relax that part of my brain, which I've not been able to like anybody. It's always, you can't even go to work and have a nice time because you're worrying about what time you're getting home because you've got stuff to do, especially when they're small and it's like bath time and getting the school uniforms ready and everything. And now, you know, that they're bigger, I get still, it's still a different thing. Now I get like, mom, mom, where, can you find my trainers? Where are my trainers? You know, can you, can you wash my hoodie? And you know, I feel like an Alexa that never gets asked to do anything fun. It's like, <laughs> so, so I do have that, that, that's gone. And I think I'm so relaxed because I, because it's a thing where you, you look at, it's a feeling you go, why am I? It's because I'm not worrying. I'm not on the clock. Hmm. Are they in touch with you every day? No, they're not in touch with me every day when they're there. They don't get up. I can see if your phone switched off. Yeah, sometimes I've got a bad signal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
But why did you choose stand up to, you know, to, to go on this, right, okay, I'm, I'm getting back out there, I'm going to take this time? So hard. Good, I, I mean, it's a it's punishing ha- thing to do. It's hard and it's really hard graft, but you know, I am a grafter. You know, I had my first Saturday job when I was 11 mm-hmm. and I worked all day for like three quid. <laughs> Tell them about the taxi. Oh, no. I love yeah. it when people know each other really well. Yeah. See, this is why we should not have gone on here together. Right, I, I was at drama school, and I had an idea. I've always liked trying to make some money. And so I got a car and put yeah. drivers on it, and they'd just turn up at my house and give me bags of money. Angry middle-aged men giving this teenage girl bags of cash. That's what I did. I've, I always like coming up with ideas, business ideas. Some why of them failed. You, why did they give you money? No, I they got They rented a car. it off her. They rent, she bought a, a taxi car. and rented it out. Oh, my God. Well, that's our drama school, yeah. I, I always like to earn some money. Um, You're a hustler. I'm a hustler. I'm a grafter. And some people said, you know, stand-up is like, you're like a lorry driver. You know, you go on the motorway for two hours, two and a half hours. You go and do a gig. It's, a re- it's loads of fun. That's the thing. It's loads of fun. And then you drive all the way back and people saying, how can you do this? This is nuts. How many miles have you? I've wrecked one car already and I've only done it since before lockdown. Like, how can you do it? But it's the first time I'm in the car where I don't have to share it with a dog. Like no one's telling me how sad my music taste is. I put Pete Tong on on the way home. I'm having my own party. It's fabulous. I genuinely really enjoy it. It's like when, you know, it happens to be work where... I, where I get time to myself to think. Mm. And that driving's a really good moment. And I don't think I've done that. I don't think I've done it for years. I'm ashamed of myself for phrasing it this way, but given that the podcast is How to Be 60, any comments about, you know, at 50, why are you getting into stand-up? Why are you doing this now? You've, you know, you've got a great career. Well, you've nothing of, to prove. Ca- yes, uh, there was a couple of comments. Uh, I'd hear people going on stage of, who I'd just been chatting to before they went on stage. And then they'd go on stage making jokes and saying, oh, my God, they were 45. And I'm thinking, but look at your audience. Look at the people who just bought tickets. It's really interesting. Mm. And the more I came out to sort of villages and little towns all over, every nook and cranny of the country, it's, it's people, it's not the 20-odd-year-olds who are buying tickets and having a right laugh and going out watching live comedy, it's the grown-ups. Mm. And I felt so at home. And all the uber-trendy clubs with the little 20-odd-year-olds, I just I felt like I was talking to my kids. You know, that wasn't fun. I didn't mean it like, well, but you know. And so um, there was that. And then one night I was in a, in a club and there was about four other stand-ups there. They were all really nice guys. And there was this one kid, he was about 25 or something like that. He was a stand-up, about to go on. And he said... Look, you've done all right. He said, you know, you've done all your acting and you've won awards. He said, why don't you just move over and let us come through? Ooh. (laughs) So that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you the nice bit of what I said, which was, remember what you just said to me when you're my age, but he's a bloke, he won't. But the thing is, so you do get that. And I, when I started, I went to these clubs in town doing five minutes, five minutes. I wrecked my lovely leather trainers. Just going to say, never buy them again. I only buy ones I can put in the washing machine. And I'd go around and there was like kids. Like I'd say kids, you know, 22, 23, whatever. And then the more I started to do stand-up, then I'd get a 10-minute booking. And then I'd get a 20-minute booking. And I'd turn up and I'd go, oh my God, there's people my age. Oh, there's people older than me. There's people older than me. And one night, 
I was in Camden. It's a place called the Bill Murray. And I saw an 86-year-old New Yorker kill it in this room. Yeah. She's a tiny little old lady, and she was just like talking like that. She was giving the gag. She had, people loved her. And I thought, what am I bothered about? Mm. Seriously. So I do it. And, you know, this is my thought about it. People can try and make you feel uncomfortable. They can make comments about the fact that you're in your 50s doing it um, or whatever and starting it, which is odd because it takes a long time to become to, to, to get your craft right. So I've had to go quick. Mm. So to get from open spots... And then I got my first 20-minute booking and there was a pandemic. So I only came back after that. So it's been quick to get to where I am. So I'm trying to, as hard as I can um, to do it. But there's nothing, there's nothing going to stop me doing it because here's the thing. I've learned something just from watching and observing that when you go to clubs, the promoters, and most of them are men, um, they don't care. And if you're funny, they'll book you. But they don't care. They don't care if you're a woman. They don't care what age you are. If you're funny, they're a bit like if they don't know you at first. You do your gig. Afterwards, they'll go, we'll be in touch. We'll be uh, getting you some yeah. more gigs. Funny's funny. It's not about age. And if other people have a problem with it, that's their problem. I don't have a problem being 58. And if I ever get to my mum's age at 92, I'm for, apart from aches and pains, we all get old. We can't do anything about it. So I don't let it bother me. It is what it is. And I'm just having a blast. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah, no, indeed. Thank you. Do you do you think about age, Sally? At the, the tender age of fifty-three, I do actually. I do think. I know it's not. You know, it's not what I want to say, but I may as well be honest as a you know opposing viewpoint. I do think about age, and I feel achy, and I feel you know I have to eat different things and do different things, and and um, you know not doing any Botox or having my face stung off by jellyfish and. Inserted with plastics, and you, and so you feel very aware every time you're on telly. Every time you see yourself, you feel very, very aware that. Because I, f- I feel pretty happy in in real life, but within the world of the screen, I look ridiculously old. No, you don't. Um, well, I d- actually do. No, you don't. Because no, wait, stats back me out, right? So. I don't know about this year, but last year, BAFTA nominee for Best Actress, the oldest, was younger than the youngest nominee for Best Actor. So women are women over 35 are hugely un, underrepresented in the movies. And um, this, I mean, I, I can't remember the I can't remember the figures, but you can, you can look them up. And and women speak, female characters speak a lot less on the big screen after a certain age. Even Moana doesn't have the most lines in the film Moana. (laughs) You know, so in that context, in terms of what women look like, I'm a, you know, I always get a bit of a shock because I feel different to how I look. So I'm sort of quite, and also just things like your face, um, it transmits different things. So you need to really engage with it as an actor because it accidentally, you're accidentally bringing more. So if your face is just completely uh, smooth, then you don't arrive on screen with a message. Whereas my face has got my life etched into it. One of the things that happens, Fiona's familiar with this, is that um, all the years of doing comedy mean that it's quite hard for me <laughs> to look, uh, not, yeah, not upset, but sort of scared. Um, because my face just looks like I'm taking the piss all the time. <laughs> so if I am in a, if I'm in a, uh, in a, you know, something, yeah, a horror or something, I have to go so dark in my head for my face to look serious. 
What, so, do, you think, what do you think about? Well, I don't want to say because this is a oh, nice is that podcast and you're wearing pink. Yeah, I have to go really, really, really dark. Oh my God, I'm intrigued now. It's quite hard for, it's hard for, hard for comedians to do murders anyway. Our friend Dune McKeon rang me up. She was in The Wire in the Blood, which was a you know, psychological thriller thing. And it was quite a while ago, I guess now. And she, said, she said, help me, help me. I've got to um, keep a straight face. I've got to open the door to Robson Green, who's going to tell me <laughs> that my ex-husband has killed and probably eaten my lesbian lover. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh my line is, I have to say... He's done what? <laughs> and for a comedian, it's like almost impossible not to be hilarious with that line. I, I'm, I'm kind of quite lucky in the fact that uh, for the dramas, I have got that face. It's like no. if I'm in soaps, I'm always the one that kidnaps somebody by, at knife point. Or <laughs> honestly, before lockdown, I had to kidnap Whitney with a knife. And I have got that face. And I can be really, really happy daydreaming and people go are you all right and I go yeah I'm fine yes. and I have a face like that so yeah. I don't have to go to the dark place which is lucky but you do you've got a permanent smirk on your face yeah it's funny. I do remember actually going back to something you were just saying I remember that we were working and you did this one day and you just went oh god my face has just collapsed <laughs> and that's when you were getting cross about feeling older like on your face and you said my face has just collapsed and I couldn't stop laughing because it was just a very funny saying, I thought. Yeah. But, hey, but, do, you worry, do you worry about your face? Because <laughs> you should. Well, I know she's got her dodgy knee hip thing going on, and I, we okay. do talk about health, and that's fair enough. Well, I'm intrigued by face yoga. Anyone else intrigued by face yoga? Instagram is full of people promoting face yoga. Like your face, can, you can have the face of a 25, and this makes sense to me. It makes a lot more sense to me yeah. than the Botox filling your face with plastics. Like exercising your face will make your face absolutely. But you look ridiculous tired. doing it. I'm not seeing you. But does it matter? It does it And matter. I look ridiculous not doing it as well. You get that thing? Was it Rosemary Connolly had it? It's like almost like a, a dental brace. Yeah. Actually, it put tension into your jaw so that you had to do these kind of exercises. I find it strangely erotic. Uh, but it's, but you know that pressure that you feel. Yeah. Does that make you want to say, "Oh, fuck it." And, and I'm going to sort of resist it, like, like Fiona's doing? Or does it make you want to retreat I think I'm and say, do you know what, the... I'm not going to play with this, I just don't want to do it? Uh, sorry? Yeah, I'm lost as well. Uh, fight, fight, well, I mean, it's too late for me now to go down the, the whole Botox. I think, I think that ship's sailed. So I'm, you know, I'm in the, I'm croning. I'm all in for the croning. I'm <laughs> buckling in and, and going down that. But it is, it, it is weird because you just feel inside a completely different age to how you appear on screen does that make you sad no it just makes me a bit confused you think how am I going to act this because I look this way I've worked in Sweden in Sweden I play sort of uh slightly younger than I am here I play about my own age and in America I play 10 years older that um, says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, you two have known each other for such a long time. Obviously, we have. Smack the Pony was a turn of the... 1998, I know. Ooh. Yeah. So you did the whole meeting him, falling in love, getting proposed to, getting married, having having a baby. I did. It's a, it was a journey, and you can see actually watching certain sketches. It's like a diary. 
like I knew oh, I was pregnant. Oh, I just had a baby. Or, oh, you know, oh, really? yeah. it's a diary watching, going through it. Yeah. Interesting. But we've talked about, you know, external changes, which obviously come with age. Do you think you have each changed as people, essentially as people in those years? Do you think Fiona has changed? No, not really. Do you think you have? I mean, obviously, life has... I think both of us have interacted with parenting and family life like a plough interacts with a field. (laughs) 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 We've both done... We've had a... We've been through quite a lot. But essentially, you've always been no-nonsense and and funny and very talented. Her show's completely sold out. I can't see it. (laughs) Imagine. I can't even see it. Um... So yeah, I don't think you're that different. I don't think you are either. I think I, I think we're we're pretty similar. I think I've got the only thing that's different for me is I've got a calmer life. As in, I don't. I, I used to love partying all the time. I was, you know. Um, now I'm just very chilled. You know, walking my dog, and um, I was always into nature, but you, I couldn't be because I lived in a city. But you know, I've moved out of a city now, so I can get a bit of that. Um, but not really. I think I'm still the same. I'm still extremely childish. I think basically the things that came out once you became a mum were latent anyway. So the, you know, extreme cleanliness and uh, Oh, I know. I'm a, ger- I'm a germ freak. Really, and, and really. Cooking. Really? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I was a kid, I remember going to school, I had to walk up the stairs and hold the banister and I used to put my hand above it. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. But I've got a mum that's like that. I mean, our house was so spotless. You know, everything's got to be pristine um you, so i think i i'm pretty much the same give us a bit of your mum you did it you do a bit in, in your act she just sounds oh, um, fabulous she, she's so beautiful my mum she used to say to me oh fiona uh, everything is uh, very cute you know she's getting a little bit of northern into her accent now and so one day my dad did a bit of diy and he put this shelf up and it was great for about a week and then you know it just fell on the floor and <laughs> my mum went i don't believe it it's fallen to the floor. It's broken everything. It's smashed to pieces. You're bloody useless, you! <laughs> <laughs> was she a huge influence on you? Massive. Because my dad worked away. Uh, he worked. At, he was a nurse. And uh, funnily enough, talking of age, he, he went to Saudi Arabia because, you know, he was in the NHS with three kids and we didn't have enough money. And when he came back at 45, they told him he was too old and he couldn't get a job. And he was so highly qualified, like they couldn't get any further, Mm. you know, and he was told he was too old and had to go back. And so my mum was pretty much there. And so she was the big influence, you know, and she really was there for us. And she did all, you know, that's why I have a big thing with cooking, everything. It's typical Spanish mum, you know, as long as you, if, if you're eating well, you know, you're having a nice time. You eat yeah. on your dinner, it's okay, you can go play out. <laughs> no, she never asked about my homework. <laughs> Not that much, you know. Have you got any? Not really. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just the opposite of my northern dad, you know. Yeah, I know. Sally, you had a very itinerant kind of childhood, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so my dad worked for British Airways and we moved around. Um, I just lost my bloody case. <laughs> he's, 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 he's because he's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, so yes, we moved around a lot as kids and so I had a sort of very rootless upbringing, um, which meant that when we did Smack the Pony, I was quite bad at the English accents because I 
I'd never, I, 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 I do remember doing a radio show and I hadn't properly prepared. It was a live radio show with Alistair McGowan. And then someone said, oh, can I introduce um, Trish and, and Jonathan from Wolverhampton? Me looking at this and going, where's Wolverhampton? <laughs> <laughs> and being completely unable to do a Wolverhampton accent because I'd never been there, had no idea where it was. Wolverhampton. So yeah, Fiona did all the all the um, British accents and yes. all the Spanish ones. Yeah, yes. well, I, it's just a thing because apparently, if you have um, a foreign parent, apparently you listen differently, so you learn. So you know, my mum could be saying something like, "It's time to your dinner now, so you need to come inside." My dad would be like, it's time for your dinner, get in. And so you listen differently and they pronounced everything differently. So I could hear and hear and they were saying the same thing. It was like I was learning two languages, really. Um, yeah. And so yeah. now I can pick up, so I can pick up accents very easily and I just do them because I just, it's childish and it's fun. Do them anyway, whether I'm working or not. <laughs> do a Glaswegian accent? A Glaswegian accent? It's quite hard to do. <laughs> Edinburgh? Edinburgh, I like Edinburgh, softer. <laughs> wow, you, you really have an ear for it. That's incredible, isn't it? You're just sort of slicking it out there. We're going to go Aberdeen now. I don't know. Aberdeen. <laughs> like, Any I've Aberdeenians in? Aye, fit like. I haven't been like, there. Fit like. Who should do? Who should do? That's a good. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but listen, we play uh, a little game called oh. Big Six O Bingo. Um, so we're just going to ask you to uh, choose two random numbers, and uh, Karen is going to come back with a set of questions. Sally, would you like to choose a number between one and sixty? Fifty-three. Fifty-three, 53. indeed. Your age is fifty-three. Stand by. That's well one of done, my... Karen. You've turned into a tech whiz. Last decent kiss, not from your children. That was Sally's. That from my partner. No, from anybody. It doesn't need to be a partner. Just oh, well, no, is that, is, that is my last decent snog. It's from my partner. Who, yeah, my husband left me for a member of the Russian Yoga Federation. Um, though I'm not legally allowed to say that now, anymore, but he won't listen to this, so. <laughs> you, you, he did. <laughs> he you, actually you, did. You kind of trotted that out as a, as a line there. Yeah, it, but it's a true, it's a true thing. And fortunately, my friend George Griffin introduced me to Ian. And I've been with Ian for four years now, and he's to die for. And actually, to be honest, when he kissed me, this is true. I'm going to overshare because comedians do that. Um, uh, Am I a comedian? I don't even know. But uh, yeah, when he kissed me, I did think of that line. You need to be kissed a lot by someone who knows how. Oh, my God. That's gorgeous. Yeah. So I've met someone who knows how to kiss. So So when was your last decent snog? Was it just before you came up here? Yeah. Yeah, um, on Monday okay. morning. I think, I think we've got the, the gist there. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Might have been a couple of wild nights out with Fiona. No, yeah. no, no. Horny hubster. Horny. It makes me think of that email that I read out, actually, earlier from Leslie. Not that I'm saying you've got an erotic rocket. I'm not trying to, to say that. But, you know, she said being in a marriage for 22 years that wasn't fulfilling. And mm. she is now at the age of, she said, 56, happy with the she calls her horny hubster. Uh, you know... I could feel the happiness through the email. I am very, very happy with him, and I, I feel very lucky to have had a second chance. But there's always that pain, isn't it, that you haven't, you know, for the kids, because my kids are obviously not that um, old. We're quite young when it happened, and, you know, I, I guess I, I would never have left. But um, now he's taken all the guilt from me and done it for me. <laughs> I'm quite pleased. Mm, love it. 
Huge. Fiona, a number between 1 and 60? Uh, 45. 45. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. Have you switched to comfy underwear yet? Um, oh. Any underwear? Well, no, my underwear... Well, we are oversharing. She's always worn a thong. Yeah. <laughs> oh. have, have you? Seriously? Yeah. Christ, I can't get to grips with that. Yeah. It's they very simple. so uncomfortable. No, I, not, I find them so comfortable and oh. they don't, I don't want things in the way. And so... Oh, the way um, of what? Well, if, when I'm getting dressed quickly or, you know, lines, VPL lines, you know, I like thongs. I do. I, I, I like underwear. Um, and I, and I, I don't wear anything that's... Obviously, everything's comfy because otherwise I wouldn't wear it. But it's not what I think you're asking me. I don't have that. I don't know why. I just don't. That hoiking it down. Pardon? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> that was very Scottish. We'll have to maybe school you in that one. Um, listen, thank you both so much. Uh, Sally Phillips and Fiona Allen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we survived it. Maybe we might even enjoy the next one. Karen and I are off for a bucket full of rhubarb gin. Join us again next week. <laughs> <laughs>